not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. A secure border. The border is, in fact, secure. The border is closed. The border is secure. The border is secure. The border is closed. We've been unequivocal in that. On the issue of Afghanistan. And to that end, we have seen a successful drawdown of the embassy. I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Inflation will come down next year. These inflation uh, rises will be transitory, that they will come back down next year. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. That's just a montage of Democrats lying to you, specifically the president and his people lying to you. The border is secure, yet... Fentanyl has killed 25 people, at least in Colombia. Younger people. Uh, the border is secure. Human trafficking. Half a half a million fentanyl pull, uh, pills recovered over the weekend from our secure border. The drawdown in Afghanistan. It's going just fine. And yet he killed a Missouri kid in the Marines. Killed him with his sloppiness in that pullout. Inflation. Here in Missouri, and this is easy to complain about inflation, but Stephanie uncovered some numbers the other day. Specifically, numbers for us here in Missouri. In uh, Inflation costs for major categories. Transportation has more than doubled in the past two years. Energy costs more than doubling in the past two years. Groceries. Uh, almost quadrupling since the tragic events of January the 20th, 2021. And this is why I say, even though we're highlighting that audio from Joe Biden, Alejandro Mayorkas, vice philosophizer Kamala Harris, Jen Psaki, all lying that, oh, if you get the vaccine, you won't get the COVID. The economy is fine. Our pullout in Afghanistan is going fine. Those are all lies. And that's even why on a local level, you can't vote for Democrats. That's why for like Boone County presiding commissioner, it's Connie Leopard, because Democrats, that's what they do. They lie and what they want to do for America just simply is not good. And Stephanie and I have two differing polls for what polls are worth that we're going to run into. Uh, but this is why in the 47th Missouri House District, you vote for John Martin. Easy vote. Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Um, third Congressional District, Blaine Lutgemeyer. Fourth District, Mark Olford. Treasurer uh, Scott Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick is the uh, Republican nominee for auditor. That's a seat currently held by Nicole Galloway. That's who I'd vote for. State Representative Cherie Tolson Rice in the 44th District. Jen Musgraves in the 50th District. That's a seat currently held by Sarah Walsh, Shimon Jones, Dustin Stanton for Boone County Treasurer. Jason Gibson, Boone County Auditor. By the way, his opponent, he was fired by the city of Columbia. <laughs> now this guy's running for an elected position. That's why you vote for Dustin uh, Stanton. You vote for Jason uh, Jason Gibson, I should say, for Boone County Auditor. His opponent uh, has been fired from the city and I think might even still be involved in some kind of lawsuit. Uh, who else? Uh, do we get everybody? Sam Bushman in, uh, in Cole County. Dave Griffith. Am I missing anybody, Marsh? I think we got all the Republicans. Sounds like it. All right. Did I miss anybody, Steph? Uh, Travis Fitzwater. Travis Fitzwater, by the way, the Jefferson City News Tribune did a piece on him and uh, and his opponent. So we've got everybody there. Meanwhile, national polling. How are we looking? The election is 12 days from now. We have our hands on a couple of different pieces of uh, of polling this morning. And this one's hard to believe. Do you believe this? Which actually? one? Are, are you talking about the, uh, the five-point swing? Well, it's interesting because there's two different polls saying two very different things. 
but basically they're the same points, and they've both had some dramatic swings. That's, and they're swinging the different way, man. These people, you talk about pineapples and swingers, and these polls are swinging like it's Friday night at Lake of the Ozarks, man. Well, the Economist in the YouGov poll says that there's been a five-point swing in just a week, which that alone is really hard to believe. Um, and they said the swing is actually in favor of the Democrats. And then real clear poll, you know, real clear, real clear politics, which I guess pretty solid. I mean, they just take a bunch of different polls and then they do like an average of polls. Mm-hmm. So the economist uh, YouGov poll has had a pretty significant swing within the span of a week. But the real clear politics average of all the polls, generic. In other words, not specific office, not Senate, not governor, whatever. It is, just specifically, do you want Republicans in charge of things or do you want Democrats in charge of things? And I think people have looked at the landscape over, uh, over the past Gosh, year and a half, almost going on two years, and now the majority of Americans, according to Real Clear Politics, average polling, the majority of Americans, yeah, they want Republicans in charge. Then, again, for what polls are worth, uh, USA Today headline, exclusive poll Republican support rises ahead of Election Day uh, with blank driving voters. Howsworth, want to take a guess as to what, uh, if we fill in the blank, Blank is driving voters. On the Republican side the, that are driving interest in Republicans. Uh, Republican support rises ahead of Election Day with blank, this issue, driving voters. I would say crime or inflation. Steph, what do you got? What's, what's uh, We fill in the headline here. I cheated. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, what's your guess? I would guess the economy. The economy. What about you, Marsh? Yep, I'd say that's it right there. Uh, with inflation driving voters. It's the economy, stupid. So in this poll from USA Today, and that's the headline they're running with this morning, exclusive poll Republican support rises ahead of Election Day with inflation, inflation driving voters. That's the singular issue that affects every single person in America, regardless of income bracket. If you make uh, Stephanie Bell money, you're still affected by it. <laughs> if you if you make uh, Brandon Rather money, you're affected by it too. That is an issue that affects every single American. So this poll, USA Today Suffolk University poll, finds uh, angst about President Joe Biden's leadership and the nation's economy, uh, and it's a big swing on that too. Had uh, Democrats had been leading, but the latest one, uh, Republicans up four points. Yeah, and I saw something on Twitter yesterday specifically related to Missouri, and it comes from uh, Missouri political consultant Greg Keller, and it's reporting, um, he's saying Missouri absentee ballot request window is basically now closed. We're just in the early voting period, and he said when you compare how many people requested absentee ballots to how many people requested absentee ballots in 2018, that it's looking really bad Uh, for Democrats just on a turnout level, right? So it doesn't tell us how many people are voting, but it tells us how many people requested the ballots and from where. And so he's showing, you know, in Barrie County, it's up 85%, Butler 64%, Jasper 58%. And these counties that he's listed are pretty Republican counties. And then he's... Rural down in the Ozarks, a lot of those. Yeah, and then he's saying in in counties like Boone, we are uh, 5% behind where we were in 18. Jackson, uh, 27% down. St. Louis County, 29%. St. Louis City, 75%. And he said overall, absentee ballot requests are down 60% in Corey Bush's district and 25% in uh, Emanuel Cleaver's district. So interesting data 
from right here in Missouri that's showing perhaps a low turnout among Democrat voters. In 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 obviously in specifically in the the Cory Bush district, Trudy Bush Valentine would need a huge turnout there, um, and obviously that's a very Democratic area. She's going to need a, a huge turnout there, but I just the the national polls are interesting because. With a lot of our listeners, um, Brandon, they would think it'd be a slam dunk that would be, you know, 80 percent. But it's it's very close. So there are a lot of people that even even Fetterman right now and a lot of these polls is still still leading, which is uh, surprising to a lot of our listeners. But again, as we talked about yesterday, Pennsylvania is still it's a tough state for Republicans to win. It is to me to me won it twice. But both of those were really close. Fetterman says he's received $2 million in campaign donations since his uh, stellar performance the other night uh, in that debate. I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking. And I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. Okay. All right. She's Okay. All right, let's move it forward. Says he's raised $2 million. It, what was interesting yesterday was trying to see how the national news outlets him. Oh, he's a real hero. Courage. Sure, but he's not a Senate candidate. You can say he's heroic for getting on that stage with his health issues, his inability to think, his inability to lead the people of Pennsylvania, the United States Senate. Uh, he's not that. He got up. He did his thing. Uh You'd say it's heroic, but that's about the only thing they've got, and that's kind of um, falling flat, too. Twelve days prior to the election, off the text, 878-874-9390. Jesus, Brandon, get off the soapbox this morning. You seriously believe the Republicans aren't going to lie to us, too? I think they all lie, to one extent or another. Nathan, I think the problem these are facing isn't necessarily that they all lie, enough people at the upper echelons of that party lie so much anyone affiliated with that party is lumped into that action it's a great point and think about this not only is it democrats lying it is the president and they're all saying the same thing the border is secure my god look around you man it's not secure you have the president lying to you the border is secure you have the department of the guy who's in charge of your safety the democrat alejandro mayorkos lying to you and there's and the thing that blows me away is there's still people that back this stuff wow uh did you hear what happened at silver dollar city yesterday oh my freaked me out me too i've been on that thing it's the like the frisco train it goes around. You got those two guys in the woods, and they do like the little shtick. It's so good. I, I've seen it a hundred yeah. times, probably. Um, but it turned over. Uh, apparently, a train's going down the track. Silver Dollar City, a couple of hours to the south of us. Been on the trains. It's been years, but uh, you ride the train around the park, and they do the little plays and stuff. Uh, but apparently, the train uh, de- derailed. Is maybe selling it? It fell over on its. Yeah. You've never seen a drunk person like at homecoming and they're standing there and then the next minute they're not. <laughs> they fall onto slow, their side. A yeah. slow fall. Um, yeah, that train doesn't go very fast and it's not like a big train, but it was, yeah, it definitely took a tumble. So if you last time we had a train derailment, man, it was like 12 hours later, there were uh, attorney offices in Columbia that had big old banners up. Hey, were you in this derailment? Call call us. We'll get you some money. And I will note there is no booze at Silver Dollar City, so I don't think booze was involved. <laughs> 
Just sarsaparilla, right? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's in the woods, and you can see. And they're, you know, they were interviewing people, and it sounded almost like a domino thing. They were like, "My car was the first one," and so it sounds like one kind of tipped, and then it kind of pulled others with it. And I think several people, they, I saw their statement, and several people went to the hospital. Yeah, ideally they're going to be okay. Coming up this morning, uh, this Fuses system, very unique tool in fighting crime in downtown Columbia. Columbia Police Chief Jeff Jones here. Seven, then, then Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. She is here. She was in Wooldridge yesterday. She's also doing like a marijuana workshop. Want to find out more about that? She's coming up 735 this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Meanwhile, we're getting ready to open up the tent, the circus tent that is the daily DC rundown. What do you have for us this morning? Well, we've been talking about are debates really a thing? Are they important? What about endorsements? Where are we at on that? We've raised over more than two million dollars after that debate you believe that that's john fetterman saying after that debate the other night probably one of the worst debates really in the history of politics at least in recent memory uh one of the worst things that we have ever seen i think worse than that is people are saying yes i want to vote for this guy that's getting us into today's daily dc rundown with stephanie bell i mean was it republicans giving the guy more money so he could like get back in front of people again i don't know but some democrats are raising concerns apparently a former governor in pennsylvania said in retrospect he probably shouldn't have debated so while he's touting the money there's a lot of uh, democrats that his candidacy is causing a lot of anxiety uh and saying you know we've got to recover from you know they have a limited time to recover but they're saying this wasn't very good um also uh this article makes me kind of mad the AP is saying election day is November 8th, but the litigation has, you know, already started and kind of blaming lawyers. And they're saying um, most of the uh, lawsuits have been filed by Republicans and it's the most litigation ever before an election. And they're trying to tie it to 2020 and to call us all like election deniers or whatever. But after people cast their vote, you know, the lit litigation at that point is really difficult. So why wouldn't you, if you're concerned or you have a clarification um, about what the rules actually are, then it's smarter for everybody to go to court before the election and determine what the rules are exactly before you cast your ballot. So I, it's criticizing lawyers and saying, oh, there's all this pre-election litigation. But isn't that what we want? We want to know that when we walk into the ballot box, you know, on Election Day, that we know what the rules are and that our vote's going to be counted and that other people's votes not going to be counted twice. A League of Women Voters has you back on this. Uh, they're uh, they filed an amicus brief in a case and it has to do with voting uh voting rights right so um oh and newspapers you know when you make a big announcement and everyone's like so what uh a big <laughs> a big yeah. it's happened a lot lately a big newspaper group alden global capital they've got stuff like the boston herald and the chicago tribune said you know what we are no longer going to issue endorsements for president governor and the u.s senate and people are like okay, uh, okay. whatever um, and I think about endorsements, you know, in, in our uh, races. And I, do you remember when the Kansas City Star endorsed Taylor Burks? And I think we actually told him and he was like, huh? And, right. and then he was also kind of like, <laughs> like, why? And I don't want that endorsement. And I think maybe I can I like get unendorsed. Um, and so I just think that's been going away for a long time. But the newspapers are officially uh, off the table. For They're saying, well, well it, it, and it's some of the argument like, well, it only hurts us because we're picking sides or nobody pays attention to us. It's. it's it's like, it's just a bad idea. It's like putting John Fetterman on stage in a debate. <laughs> you just know you shouldn't do it. Newspapers now saying maybe we shouldn't do endorsements for political candidates.
Probably not. I, I agree. And one candidate that you would not have maybe wanted to endorse, apparently there's a second round of abortion allegations against Herschel Walker. Someone else is coming forward. He's saying this is all a lie. I will not entertain any of it. I also did not kill JFK, um, is his response uh, in uh, response to an, a woman only identified as Jane Doe saying that he paid for her 1993 abortion. Um that's a that whole race is just a dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> legitimately, it's, it's um, an appropriate explanation. <laughs> okay, and then also the court apparently is still having. Um, they're, they're trading some barbs, which is unusual for the Supreme Court. Alito, I guess, was at the Heritage Foundation and said people, someone crosses an important line, calling the court legitimate, and that was kind of directed at another justice. So there's some. Was it Elena? Yeah, <laughs> there's there's some barbs being traded, and you know what? We still don't know. Who the leaker was. Who's the leaker? Job to supply welfare housing, welfare everything. It's this, all of a sudden the state does it. The churches don't do it anymore. The privates don't do it anymore. We're going to have just a, nothing but a town of rental housing everywhere. If we don't can, come to grips with single family, it has to be developed. Um, we can have programs for that. Workforce assistance. I mean, assistance. This isn't workforce housing. This is for lower income housing. Jefferson City Council First Ward uh, member Jack Deacon several weeks ago at a meeting talking about, uh, I, th- I think it was labeled as workforce development housing and he was the lone person that i recall from the meeting that night says this is low income housing (laughs) whatever name you want on it this is low income housing but there is a a real issue apparently for some of the biggest employers uh, in the area i think like unilever scholastic uh hitachi and hey we got all these great uh, employees and we have these jobs and we like to think we pay all right people just can't find a place uh, a place to live and this is something that came up uh, again, this week, Marsh, you see any progress on that? Or is it just people saying, hey, here's the reality reality of it, or here's some ideas? Well, those three low-income private housing complexes are planned for Jefferson City, and they'll, they, Sam Bushman said it'd be about 120 new units, mainly to cover about 150 rental units that were blown away in the tornado. also thought it was entering, interesting that... Cole County Commissioner Sam Bushman talked about the expansion down at uh, Quaker Windows in Eldon. Yeah. Said they've been bussing employees in, keeping them at a, a hotel all the way up in Callaway County and bussing them to Eldon back and forth every day for work. And I wonder, you know, and, and yeah, you got to have workers and you got to have places for workers to live. Whose responsibility is that? You're going to take money out of my bank account and, and put it towards public housing should it be these companies is there something they could do to get together and say hey well we're hiring these people maybe there's something we could do yeah well, they, these aren't public housing at least these right. three low-income ones they're talking about they're private contractors wanting to put those in yeah and i was at the housing conference and one thing that came up was government red tape because they said hey there were a lot of landlords there and i think two interesting things they said you know the landlords were saying hey quit giving us a bad, you know, you're talking about us like we're big bad landlords, but without our money and our investment, you know, we're doing our best to provide as, uh, you know, as reasonably cost uh, living that we can, but we, we have an investment. We, ha- we can't lose money. Um, and, and at the same time, you heard from some of the community groups, hey, don't stereotype Section 8 
folks either. And they said, you know, sometimes Section 8 folks are the best folks to have because they're long-term renters. They make sense. Um, and sometimes I'd rather have a Section 8 renter than some of the other renters that I have. Um, and so we talked a lot about stereotypes, but I think also what you heard was a lot of the co companies in Jeff City aren't offering Section 8. And they said, it's just too much of a headache. It's too much red tape. It takes too long. I can't not have a renter for a month because I'm waiting on the government. And and there were some solutions. You know, we got to streamline some of these processes and then, you know, it would allow private individuals to step up and provide more cost-effective housing. Maybe kind of an anomaly, but when I was a ski guide in Idaho, that's constantly because you're in a tourist town with an incredible cost of living, and I mean incredibly high. <laughs> that's what I mean when I say incredible. And so even 15 years ago, that's you know, it was a challenge there. Okay, so we're bringing in service industry employees, and you're living in a town where the median price of a home is probably $1.2 million dollars. Where do we put these people that are serving the people with the money? Uh, and and it was always it was a company wide thing. All these companies trying to come up with incentives to to for people to choose their place to work. You know, more money and all these great benefits. Maybe that's the next thing. We'll give you a place to live. We'll put you, we'll put you up in housing. Someone mentioned that I think uh, maybe Silver Dollar City is kind of doing the Disney thing and actually building housing for their employees right there um, because they're struggling with the same thing. Branson's you know really expensive. Uh, welcome to the show. It's uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie Powell, producer Hannah, Brian Hallsworth, there's John Marsh. My name is Brendan Rather. Coming up 710 this morning, Columbia Police Chief Jeff Jones. Uh, a lot of misinformation out there. We've heard a lot of statements here locally regarding uh, regarding this Fusis video system. we got to run a lot of this stuff through our, uh, our Ministry of Truth and what people are saying. Jeff Jones does that 710 for us this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Some advancement. There was a meeting yesterday, and uh, folks with one group said, yeah, we like this Fusis uh, we like this FUSA system. Chief Jeff Jones chatting with our news partners at ABC 17 about this yesterday. Having the information that comes from camera uh, footage sooner gives us the ability to look for the car, the person dressed in a certain way uh, more quickly. It's not a surveillance system. It's the police department saying, hey, we need, uh, if we have your permission... We would like to tap in to your video system to use that might help us catch. The one thing I want to ask him about, for example, like Rockbridge High School, even though this was at a high school, but a system like this, that incident the other day where there was some kind of threat at Rockbridge, something that was uh, was going on. We still don't know because of poor communication on the part of Columbia Public School District, which is consistent from. I was There was a story the other night, ABC 17, and they had a parent saying, you know, I would just like to have gotten some more information. They don't communicate. They won't communicate. And the only reason I paid attention to that, because we have had the same, on a media level, I had a very spirited uh, text and email exchange several years ago when somebody from the school district said, we always respond like, boom, here's several examples when you don't. And I've seen what they do to parents. So I thought even with that thing that happened the other day at Rockbridge, you had a parent telling ABC 17, yeah, lack of communication, lack of communication. We know that that, uh, that has been, it's been a thing. But I wonder like this FUSA system, Let's say it's in operation around schools, too, where the police department has permission to tap. So whenever there's a crime happening, they could go to those cameras in real time and maybe help them catch suspects even quicker. 
Wonder if that would have done anything at the Rock Bridge High School um, the other day. Chief Jeff Jones, 710. Congresswoman Hartzler, she was Wooldridge yesterday with Governor Mike Parson. She's here at 735 also talking about it's not a marijuana town hall, but it's kind of like a marijuana information workshop. Congresswoman Hartzler's here at 735. And I want to say, while we're talking about Chief Jeff Jones and our appreciation for law enforcement first responders, Hannah's marrying into somebody who's a first responder, or marrying into a first responder family. Uh, her uh, soon-to-be husband is a volunteer firefighter. So you have an appreciation for for first responders. Oh, for sure. Yeah, my sister's a police chief. I support uh, John Martin, by the way, running for that 47th. Uh, state house seat currently held by Chuck Basie. He does these events. He's been doing this ever before, even before he ever got into politics, by the way. He does these events for police uh, officers, so we appreciate them. So I was excited to find out there is a new way that you can help first responders. There's a, uh, a website slash board, First Re- uh, Responder Support. It's newly formed. want to bring in Ken Gregory to talk about this real quick. Ken, welcome into the show. We are glad that you are here. So tell us about this newly formed organization, uh, this first responder support organization. Good morning. Glad to be here. Um, it's First Responder Support. The website is firstrespondersupport.net. You'll find a lot of helpful information there. But <clears throat> our mission statement has four main pillars uh, to promote goodwill between first responders and the community, promote increased awareness of the realities facing first responders, to provide relief to those who, we, who serve our community as first responders, and to provide support to those who serve our community. Um, you know, it's, it's very important that relationship between the community and our first responders. Um, they live here in the community. They're part of the community. Um, we want them to feel welcome here. Many of them are from Columbia. They're invested in our community. And when they get off of their shift, off their, their time, they want to they wanna shop here, be here enjoy the the benefits of our community and so how do so one of the things increasing awareness of what uh first responders do uh in helping enhancing community relationships i would think especially because there are some neighborhoods in our big neighborhood of mid-missouri where they don't look too kindly at police and they've been taught that through the years they're taught that kind of stuff so that's a big challenge and a hopeful challenge it, that's one of the things you can overcome uh and then also i think interesting so let's say you have somebody who's a first responder and i'm guessing let's say it's a cop for example here in mid-missouri maybe he's having drug issues well he can't go to hr i'm assuming he's going to lose his job this is one of the other things the first responder support board uh, could do to uh, help folks is there a way our listeners can help help this morning like you guys looking for money you want volunteers what is it that we can do to help well all of those um obviously uh we're a non-profit organization and it will it will take finances uh the city of columbia offers some some great resources um eap employee assistance program but with any company, as with the city, there are some gaps. Uh, there's only so much they can do. 
Um, we have some some good partners in the mental health field, in the substance abuse field, um, that we can refer to, we can reach out to, and assist not only the first responders but their families with those sorts of issues. Um, you talk about the realities facing first responders, our our police and fire and and medical personnel, the scenes that they uh, come upon uh, at a moment's notice, um, sometimes death and destruction. And those images sometimes don't leave you very easily if they ever leave you. Um, And the lasting effects from that, although may not be immediate, sometimes they are, sometimes maybe down the road, or you may not even realize that it's affecting you and your family the way that it is. So if we can, if we can step in and help recognize those things through uh, assisting in training or assisting in uh, counseling, that sort of thing, uh, getting them set up with professionals that can aid in that, uh, we're here for that. All right. And Our guest is uh, Ken Gregory, the newly formed First Responder Support Board website, helping first responders in mid-Missouri, firstrespondersupport.net, firstrespondersupport.net. Uh, Ken, we appreciate you taking time out of your day, and we appreciate what you and the uh, and everybody is doing to help first responders here in mid-Missouri with your new website, your new organization. We appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Thanks, All right. Thanks for being with us here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. Coming up a few minutes from now when you shouldn't do the do. And did you hear, you know, as a 51-year-old white guy, you know, my favorite. Why are you, why are you looking at me? Funky? I don't know. I, I'm listening. What, um, what about your 51-year-old white guy? <laughs> you know, my favorite thing to talk about is race. And I'm being facetious, obviously. I don't, uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't like talking about it. But when the president of the United States tells me that then this is the latest thing that's racist... Uh, I just go, wow, because when people talk about playing the race card as a key as a key tactic of the Democrats, they're not. But you don't know it until you purchase your ticket. Look, folks, these are junk fees. They're unfair and they hit marginalized Americans the hardest, especially low income folks and people of color. Uh, the airline seats are racist. They're hitting black people harder. It was just incredible P.S. Uh, it's, it's, it's just silly. So and they shouldn't be allowed to charge for more leg room? <laughs> yeah, it's an airplane. It's, that's what they, they do. It affects me and I'm not, uh, because I can't, you know, I don't sit in the Stephanie Bell section of the airplanes when I I sit in <laughs> I'm economy. kidding, I know. But I mean, it affects the airline's bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. If they have to move the seats further apart, then they can't put as many seats on the plane. Those sh- seats should be more expensive if you want extra leg room. I know plenty of people who are white, who are over six feet and would prefer the extra leg room. Hell, my husband is shorter, right? And he would prefer a little bit of extra room. Yeah. Uh, It's just not fun being on an airplane. But when he said that, I'm like, come on, man, really? Now you're saying airline seats? My gosh. And I'm reminded of the time when he was talking about uh, poor kids are just as bright as white kids. You cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids. And you can tell the audience of the day, he said, Joe, do you hear what you're, Mm -hmm. uh, do you hear what you're saying here? Do you hear what you're doing? 
Uh, welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Coming up, Chief Jeff Jones talking about that Fusis system. He's, uh, he's going to be joining us 710 this morning. Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, she was on the side of the Wooldridge fire yesterday along with Governor Mike Parson. Uh, Brian Houseworth spent some time out there yesterday and want to chat with him, you know, what he saw. From what I've talked to people, I say you get there and it is just the overwhelming smell of smoke that still lingers in that town. We hope our friends there uh, are okay. Sometimes you shouldn't do the do. A uh, woman in North Carolina, she's upset. Shouldn't do the what now? <laughs> right. Shouldn't do the do. Mountain Dew, do the do. Okay. Uh, I wasn't sure where we were headed with this. Do the do. Their uh, campaign slogan that they've used for years. Do the do. Uh, and this uh, this woman in North Carolina is shooting him in a ba- in like a residential neighborhood. I don't know, maybe think somewhere off like Apache Flats or something back in that area. You're just in a neighborhood, and this woman's in the backyard. I envision spitting, chewing tobacco in a lawn chair and shooting cans of Mountain Dew. And then the story gets better of why she was shooting cans of Mountain Dew. I'm confused. Her dad, <laughs> uh, her dad was drinking these, uh, the, and her dad's like in his 90s. And so she's like, quit drinking Mountain Dew. And her solution? Shoot him. It makes sense to me. It does? It's Yeah, because it's, it's fun. And I don't know why is it we got to shoot. When we were a kid, you would shoot soda cans. I've watched my son do it, yeah. Yeah. We just, I don't know what the, uh, what the thrill is. The, uh, the other yeah. thing I was, she, what she should have done was she should have gotten one of those old school can crushers. My in-laws have that, and my kids will spend an hour putting the can in there and then pulling the thing down and smashing the can into a little... You remember doing that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or just stomping them. That'd be a little bit safer than shooting at them, I guess. Uh, we used When we were uh, kids, we used to recycle uh, aluminum. We used to use... Like, we'd get the most obnoxious thing, like, like an anvil. <laughs> I smash them. Marsh, you've had the pleasure of crushing cans back in the day. I still have one of those can crushers. <laughs> of course you do. And there is something that is... <laughs> Stephanie! <laughs> oddly fun about that. It is. And I don't know why. Uh, and there just there just is. Sense of accomplishment, I guess. And the sound, look what I have done. Look at what I've created. I've smashed this, uh, I've smashed 